My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Um, for those of you online, I apologize for logging on late. Ran into some friends I haven't seen in um, a couple of decades. Uh, so that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so we're starting Mark chapter 15 today. Very excited about this. Um, I actually put a tentative schedule on OurSundaySchool.com this morning for the rest of the book. And it looks like we're going to land somewhere around the end of May uh, and be finished with Mark. So probably right around 165 to 168 weeks, somewhere in there in Mark. So I'm excited about that. But if you've got your Bibles, we are in Mark chapter 15. Uh, and what we do each, uh, each lesson before we begin walking through verse by verse is to go through an overview of the chapter. Uh, so you've got a handout on the table, or actually there was one when you walked in, and they're online as well at OurSundaySchool.com, so we're just going to walk through the handout today. Uh, and this information all comes from our series that we did talking about the Bible uh, right before we began, uh, the Gospel of Mark, like 17 years ago, um, so there's that. And uh, so our first step in our process of talking about the Bible is to pray, and we've uh, just a, like a mini overview of it here, uh, what our attitudes are, fear, dependency, uh, and expect, uh, expectancy. Um, we expect God to do what God does, and we are excited about that. And so what we pray for is illumination, wisdom, and that we would hear what the Spirit says to the church. Uh, so that is what we will uh, pray for now. So I'll lead us in prayer, and then we'll walk into our next steps. Let's pray. Father, you are so incredibly good to us to allow us exposure to yourself and understanding of yourself and access to your word in a, in a language and a manner that we can understand and comprehend to know you better. And we so appreciate the work of the Holy Spirit these past 150 weeks as we have walked through Mark's gospel. Uh, the truths that have been uncovered the glories of Jesus that have been revealed, the, the blessings that you have given to us, and the hope and the strengthening of our faith that has come have been overwhelming. And, uh, and we know that you are not finished because we are still breathing here. So we ask for more. We ask for the Spirit to work in our hearts, for the Spirit to illuminate the text so that we could understand. We ask for conviction of our sin and that we would commit anew to the truth of the gospel. And we thank you for the work that you have done, the work that you are doing, the work that you will do. And it is only through the finished person and work of Jesus Christ that we can make such claims. And we thank you for that as well. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. So our next process step is to hear. Um, and this is actually something that I have found from, you know, COVID has done a lot of things, right? But it's, it's given us access to a lot broader view of Christianity, different churches in different places. And one of the things that I have been struck with 
is how little scripture is actually read in most church services. Like it is, it is really shocking. Um, so one of the things that we do every single weekend here is we read the entire chapter that we're going to be studying. So I'm going to read through all of Mark 15. Uh, and if you want to follow along, feel free. If you want to listen, feel free. Uh, but I'm going to read the whole thing. And our, our attitudes here are respect and deference. Um, and paraphrased in a way that my grandfather would say would be shut up and sit still. Uh, and I, I say this each time that we walk into a, a chapter, and you guys are so wonderful, uh, and I so appreciate it, but especially those of you online, you might be tempted to be doing a hundred other things. Like, let's just stop and listen uh, and hear what God has to say. So this is Mark chapter 15. And as soon as it was morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council. And they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you. But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas. And having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him. And divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. 
Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come down to take him. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood facing him, saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph and of Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who also himself was looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. And Pilate was surprised to hear that he should have already died. And summoning the centurion, he asked him whether or not he was already dead. And when he learned from the centurion that he was dead, he granted the corpse to Joseph. And Joseph bought a linen shroud and taking him down, wrapped him in the linen shroud and laid him in a tomb that had been cut out of the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where he was laid. I don't know how many times I have read that this week out loud. Uh, and that is the first time I have gotten through without breaking down. Um, we have been building up for so long to this event. And, and finally we are here. And one of the things that strikes me is that the whole chapter, if you had to summarize what happened, what would be a... What would be a one-sentence summary of what happens in this chapter? Or one phrase, even? What's the big event? Jesus is crucified. And in verse 24, this is what Mark says. And they crucified him. Four words. And then the majority of the rest of the verse goes on to describe what happens to his clothes. It's, it's mind-boggling to me the, the lack of detail that Mark goes into with this specific event. But it shouldn't be because we've got 150 weeks in our rearview mirror of his lack of detail about virtually everything, right? This is not the guy who's going to go heavy on the detail. But he brings in several new characters that we haven't seen before. The first is Pilate. Lord willing, we'll get to talk about him next week. But at the very end of Mark chapter 15, I don't want you to miss who Mark has omitted in the story up to this point. All of this 
unspoken, undescribed supporting cast of women who have provided and ministered to Jesus throughout what we believe to be his entire ministry. This beautiful, behind-the-scenes, unmentioned support cast who do the work. And I think it's just absolutely gorgeous. So before we go into our uh, step three, I just wanted to comment on that and bring that to the, to the forefront for just a moment. So step three is to think. So I'll read Psalm 119.15 for us. This is a beautiful example of our mindset here. Psalm 119.15, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will meditate on your precepts and I will fix my eyes on your ways. There's a steadfastness that we should have as it comes to thinking about scripture. So what we'll do for the next few minutes, we'll say four minutes or so, in Mark chapter 15, if you're looking at that chapter of the Bible, Mark chapter 15, the ESV has uh, the following section headers. So Jesus delivered to Pilate, Pilate delivers Jesus to be crucified, Jesus is mocked, the crucifixion, the death of Jesus, and then Jesus is buried. What I would like for you to do is to pick one of those sections each person individually, feel free, pick one of those sections, and then just to think about that section in those individual verses. Just meditate on that for the next couple of minutes. And we'll start back in about four minutes. So this is not a talk, this is just a think time, meditation on these, on these words.
So if you're not uh, used to long periods of quietness or short periods of quietness, like four minutes is not a very long time, um, I would in, uh, gently suggest that we move that direction. It, it seems like everything in our lives is built to interrupt us and disrupt us and interject whatever thought somebody else wants to have at any point in time into our minds. Uh, but it is good to stop and to think about God's Word. Um, and I, I forgot to put this slide up uh, because I am woefully ill-equipped to do anything without Dave Barber, and I am deeply looking forward to you coming back next week, brother. Thank you so much. We are glad. I'm talking to the camera for those of you in the room. Uh, Dave's right there. Uh, we are glad that your knee is getting better, and uh, I miss you, man. So there's that. Uh, but this is what we typically do. Uh, we do steps one and two as a class, steps three, four, and five as a table, and then step six as individuals. Uh, so I will let you guys move around however you want to. Uh, if you want to disperse, if you want to gather together more so, fantastic, that's great. Uh, but the talk section is, uh, this is our, uh, you know, in the spirit of 2 Timothy 4.13, when Paul is writing to Timothy and he tells him, what to bring him. Um, he says, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. So he had a favorite piece of clothing, apparently. Also the books, and above all, the parchments. So there were writings that were valuable to Paul that helped him in his ministry, that assisted and aided him in what he wanted to do. And I would argue that for most of our Bibles, uh, there are shockingly large amounts of things right there in the text itself or to the margins of the text that can help us immensely. Uh, so what I would like for us to do for just a few minutes is to look up the cross-references that are in your text and then write down any questions and observations that you have about that section of Mark chapter 15 that you just spent a few minutes meditating on. So the cross-references are all those tiny little uh, numbers and letters in the margins. Uh, so I will give you guys a couple of minutes to do that. And for those of you online, same thing goes. Uh, if you need a copy of the Bible with cross-references, we can get, we've got several of those I can grab for you as well. So this is using our available resources.
I am always amazed when I do this how much of Scripture references other Scripture. Like even in the portions of Scripture that you think, well, what is this connected? Oh, there's a lot of connections. <laughs> there's an awful lot of connections. So let's take a moment for just a second and share with each other. Uh, and our attitudes here are lowliness, intention, and calm. Much of the Proverbs tell us how we should engage in speech to each other. Um, there's much to learn. <laughs> it seems like every day there's a new opportunity to practice so many of these things. Proverbs 15:28 says, The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. It, it didn't say the heart of the righteous wonders what the right answer is but ponders how to answer. And then Proverbs 17, 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit, not in a like, hip, neat, popular cool, but a calm and not hot spirit, is a man of understanding. So I get the irony of asking you to speak up right after I say, um, he who restrains his words has knowledge, but... What observations do you make of the section of the text that you thought about and talked with these references about? Uh, let's, let's share with one another on that for a couple of minutes here.
All right, so one of the things that I look forward to with each one of these lessons, uh, and this is actually the, the 15th time we have done this. We didn't do it for chapter one, and we did it twice for chapter 14 because it had 9,000 verses. Um, and uh, one of the things that I look forward to in doing this now is one, a bit of an intellectual break from the normal really deep dive that we go into into every single word in the original language, as well as a chance to, uh, Julie and I were talking about this last night, change the, uh, I think it's the focal length of the lens and to zoom out just a bit to see a bigger picture before we zoom in on each individual word for the next few weeks, Lord willing. But uh, I hope that this has stirred your affection for what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us. Uh, it is good to be reminded of what he has done and how faithful and true he was to every single Old Testament prophecy that had to be fulfilled, and he fulfills them flawlessly, every single one. The, the cross-references in my section, mine was the crucifixion, was so many from the Psalms, so many from the Psalms. And I, you know, God gives his people this holy songbook to sing for a thousand years and sprinkled throughout the whole thing are all of these references to the Messiah. And several of those songs actually have the phrase, they're going to wag their heads at me. And that's exactly what they do to him. These people who would have grown up singing these songs about wagging their heads at the Messiah end up doing it, not realizing that they are in fact fulfilling the prophecy that they have sung their whole lives. To me, so we'll go into our last section here. What is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far? For me, it is a very acute awareness of what am I doing either in my heart, in my mind, in my actions, in my responses that is not in alignment with his wise and holy will and where I think that it actually might be, where I think I am acting rightly and righteously and in fact, I, I am, I'm doing the exact opposite. Um, and that is a scary and terrifying thought if it were not for the sacrifice that Jesus made to forgive us of all of those times when we actually do those very things. Uh, so in the same breath, I don't want to leave us in a sense of terror, but a sense of great confidence and hope in what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us and uh, is doing right now, which is an amazing thought, right? That right now he is interceding for us. Mm, that's good. So I hope you are excited about getting into Mark chapter 15, and uh, Lord willing, next week we will start with verse 1. Uh, the handout for next week is already on the website, so if you want to go get started studying for that, you can. Uh, and we'll have hard copies in the, week, in the room next week. But uh, if you would, you should each have a weekly update at your table. Uh, so if you'll put your names at the bottom of that, pick a section of the prayer requests to pray over, and then once you have prayed over those, you are free to go and to worship this one who flawlessly, humbly, obediently fulfilled every single aspect of his Father's will and is still doing that 
today and is sitting on ready to come and get his bride when the Father says go. And may it be today. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.